Well, hey, Pastor Joshua, how are you doing today? Hello, Sean. I'm good. How are you, brother? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm a Pastor, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today because well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, the incredible work that you're doing in uh, Romania as a whole, uh, running the, your church, which I'll have you talk about here in just a moment, but also uh, taking care of the community through the clinic, um, working with partner churches. Uh, you have your hands in so many things. And now, uh, you know, ha having to not really having, getting the opportunity to share and love on your Ukrainian neighbors as they uh, are, are, are seeking refuge and, and, and help. Um, so I'm, a, I'm, I'm so excited to, to talk with you. And of course, I'm a little biased because I have been there to your church a couple of times. I've had the opportunity to be out of ministry with you. I've seen you, I've uh, preached firsthand. So I'm a little biased. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. But um, I've been looking forward to this one. So thank you so much for taking the time today to uh, to jump on here. So well, why don't we start? Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your church and, and how you got started in ministry? Yeah, well, um, hello, I'm Yosef Aur, uh, married with uh, Christiana. We have uh, three wonderful kids. Um, I, I grew up in a Christian family. Actually, I'm a, I'm a PK, a okay, pastor's kid. Uh, and uh, the last uh, last thing I wanted to be uh, was a, was a pastor, uh, but by God's grace, my heart and my desires changed in in high school. So uh, I went to the Baptist uh, Theological Seminary in Bucharest. Uh, that's when I met Christiana, uh, got married when I was a senior, and uh, in the same year moved to Braila, uh, which was uh, eight hours uh, from my hometown. Uh, Holy Trinity Baptist Church in, in Braila have a medical clinic, Diaconia, uh, which was started in a, in a partnership with Serving Him. So back then, uh, almost 10 years ago, they were looking for a chaplain. And uh, I decided to go into the ministry not as a pastor first, but uh, as a chaplain having the chance to, to grow in evangelism and counseling. Uh, so that's how I, I came to Braila. Uh, that's how I became a, a part of Holy Trinity Baptist Church here. Uh, but after one year and one year and a half, uh, Holy Trinity invited me to uh, to join the pastoral team. So um, I left the clinic, uh, but we were still close to Diaconia Ministry and everything that uh, what's was happening there. Um, Holy Trinity Baptist Church uh, is a 102 years old church. So a lot wow. of history behind. Uh, but I got the privilege to, to serve uh, an amazing community here. Uh, back then, I was directing the youth ministry. Uh, but after three years in ministry, uh, there were some changes in the pastoral team. And uh, I was invited to be the senior pastor uh, when I was uh, 20 year, 28 years old. Um, didn't wow. see that coming. Uh, not sure <laughs> if I, I wanted it. Uh, but it was God's will. Uh, so uh, we continued a lot of projects, uh, especially um, uh, in, uh, in village ministry, uh, planting churches, growing up uh, churches that were dying. And we did that with Serving Him. So Serving Him was not involved only in, in health ministry, 
but also in church planting here in, in Romania and training the, the pastors, training the future leaders. And also we, we work with REM. REM is a Romanian-American mission, uh, a, uh, an organization that it's in a good partnership with Serving Him uh, in America and uh, in, in a long partnership with uh, the Romanian churches here in this part of the, of the country. So uh, we, we work together, continue all these projects. Uh, we also, as a church, supported and being part of the construction of a micro-hospital uh, with serving him, an extension of, of Diaconia. But uh, not long after this major change um, with an awesome team of leaders, we had the task to, to lead the church through a COVID pandemic for two years. And then when we we thought that everything is finished and we go back to normal, uh, the war started. So we had to take the church through a refugee crisis. Uh, so just that... just just only the through the pandemic, we had over uh, thirty funerals in our local church. Wow! So th- these were these these are things for which I wasn't trained in seminary, um, but we we tasted. Yeah. We taste it from God's goodness and grace toward us. And um, this is where we are right now. And uh, we try to serve God and love people um, as much as we can and as best as we know how to do that in these special times. That's that's an amazing story right in itself. And um, I, I want to address something you said there. This is not something you learn in seminary. And I find oftentimes as a leader, uh, no amount of training can prepare you for every situation. And I think that's, it's interesting because I think that's how God works. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, if we knew everything, then, you know, what, what role would God have in our life? You know, but we are put in situations where we have to draw close to him and we have to under, you know, uh, trust him and know that you know, he's on our side and he's, he has prepared us, even though we didn't realize we were prepared for such a time as in this case, this, because who would have imagined a, a global pandemic and now a war uh, very close to your, your borders. Um, let's talk a little bit about that, that, that war or, or not that, because it's still very much happening right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are still uh, unfortunately dying. A lot of people are still displaced. There are still people who without um, the basic necessities, um, both inside Ukraine and those who have gone abroad and, uh, you know, they're, they're looking for kind of their next home. When, when, uh, when did you guys realize uh, that something might happen and what's kind of going through your mind as a Romanian, uh, you know, before this would be before the war actually began. What was going through your mind as you saw Russia starting to, you know, move troops towards the border? Yeah, well, Sean, I have to confess and uh, to tell you that uh, I wasn't a believer uh, that things will go this way. Uh, so uh, we saw the Russian troops at the Ukrainian border in in January, March, uh, January through March. Uh, we knew what happened in Crimea few years, years ago. Um, but I, I don't know how to tell you this uh, um, in, in a nice way, but I, I didn't think that Putin is so crazy uh, 
that he will start the war. Um, th- there were some voices in Romania that said that this this will happen, uh, but we we just came out the pandemic, and you know, in in the during the pandemic, we you heard all these crazy stories uh, with all these uh, backup plans and evil people who wants to control the world. So they, they were trying to create a lot of panic. Uh, so when, when this rumor came in Romania, uh, we, we did, we, most of us didn't buy that. You know, we, we didn't thought that this will happen. Uh, personally, I love history. I'm a nerd. Uh, so I, 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 I thought that uh, we, we learned our lessons after 80, 80 years of, uh, from, from the last war. From the Second World War, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I thought that um, although the war is a reality all over the world, so we cannot close our eyes and say this is unique in the last years. No, wars were uh, all over the world, but uh, I, I didn't thought that this will happen again in Europe, especially in a civilized Europe and a, a Europe that touched a, a level of civilization, you know. Uh, so uh, in February 24, uh, when the first missiles were launched in, into Ukraine from, from, uh, from Russia, I couldn't believe my eyes. Uh, seeing, seeing the refugees at our border uh, brought to life uh, so many stories that I heard from my grandparents you know, about war, mm. about, about Nazis, about Russia. Uh, and, and so on. So, uh, of course, it, it it was not the first refugee crisis in the last years because you had the Syrian refugee crisis and that touched a little bit of Europe. Uh, but this was at our border, you know. So it it, it really yeah. it was really hot for for us and especially for my my generation, you know, especially for millennials and. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was something out of the, the history books. We didn't thought that uh, this will be a story for our grand nephews, uh, grand, uh, yeah, for our nephews and uh, the future generation uh, here in Romania. Uh, but yeah, it, it started and as the weeks and the days passed, it, it was more real for, for us. Right. You know, some of these stories, uh, obviously, that we, we've seen in our media here and, and that, you know, our, our pastor, net, our network of pastors across Eastern Europe have shared have, uh, you know, been, been heartbreaking. I'm going to ask you to share about those in just a moment. But I, one of the things that impacts me the most um, are the children. I mean, you, you have children. I have a child. Um, these are things you never think you're going to ever have to talk to your child about or explain war, you know, and uh, you hope you never have to. Right. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's so hard for me to process how you would talk to a child. Um, uh, we, we have a, a podcast coming out tomorrow with a, a young single mom uh, who uh, her, she's, she's up in, in Poland by, by herself with her nine-year-old son. And, you know, she started to tear up as she, she thought about his future. And, and um, those are things that those are kind of intangibles that are hard to grasp. You know, you, you know, it's hard to think through those things. And so, um, 
and I would agree, you know, what, what we saw and what I've heard is the same thing that you said, you know, a lot of people thought it was just going to be a threat. It's Putin being Putin. It's not going to happen. Uh, as one person said, you know, these were our brothers and sisters at one point in history. Yeah. These were, these were, these are, we have family there, you know, and who puts brother against brother mm -hmm. and, um, and especially, and so, uh, sorry, especially between two Christian countries, because although we, we know that the reality is not uh, at the, the, the basic level, because you have nominal Christians, but these are, these are um, formal Christian countries. So they, they have Christian values uh, at the core of their society. Uh, and you you know, and I'm not going there. Uh, you know that the the Orthodox Christian Church in Russia had its support of this war. And yeah, seeing seeing all of this, it, it, it's absolutely crazy. And uh, some there are these are things that we we didn't expect and didn't thought that will happen during our lifetime. Now, you know, it's interesting that you say that because I was talking to another pastor and he mentioned the same thing. Um, to have a church support war, um, and and uh, he said that that was one of the things that was a very difficult thing for him to swallow as a church leader, as a pastor himself, mm -hmm. to see a you know regardless you know of in this case the Orthodox Church support Putin and support the attacks. He said it was challenging. He said um, you know he had to have some one on ones with God on that one about you know. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 why? Why is this happening? So uh, I think you raise a great point there. Um, I don't think anyone uh, you know, really saw this happening. Um, let me ask you this question. So obviously the 24th, the bombs started falling. People started fleeing. Of course, they, they had to, you know, really had no choice but to flee, you know, kind of west, uh, hitting, you know, Poland, Romania, Moldova. Uh, and then basically that was kind of their their, 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 their checkpoint. And then from there, they could at least, at least in Poland and Romania, because of the political alliances, they were a little safer once they crossed that border, you know? Um, and then they had a, a second to breathe out and say, okay, where, where do we go from here? Where, what's next for us? Yeah. Um, what are some of the stories that stand out to you as you had that initial wave of, of uh, guests coming in from Ukraine um, that you were just like, I can't, you, you heard it and you're just like, I can't, I can't believe this. Well, uh, as I, I told you, um, we, we weren't prepared for what was coming. Uh, I, I remember that weekend when the war started, I was watching the news all day long. Uh, and it, it took me some time to realize uh, that not only uh, Romania is at the border with the country that was invaded, but we were in Braila, uh, which was one hour from the Ukrainian and uh, Moldovian board, uh, border. Uh, so we, we didn't know uh, how should we react. We didn't know what what will the refugee what will be the needs of the refugees, uh, what we can do, what we can offer. Uh, but I remember that Saturday evening. Uh, we, we had a meeting with our, our team uh, and we decide, decided that uh, whatever will happen, 
uh, our church building and the clinic will become a shelter uh, for the for the refugees. So uh, the first uh, refugees uh, that came to Braila to our church uh, were a couple uh, with a 10-year with a girl. Uh, they, they stayed in line uh, at the border for more than 24 hours uh, and wanted to get to the Czech Republic. So they, they just wanted uh, uh, to take a shower, eat something, and have the, the, the tank fuel, full with, with, uh, with fuel. You know? So uh, they arrived at the... It was already it was Sunday morning. Uh, they arrived during the, the morning service uh, I, I was I was we I was making the announcements uh, when they called me, and it, it was the first time when I had my phone with me in in the front of the church, because I knew these people are coming. And I said I, I told them I tell the church if the phone is ringing, I will stop whatever we do and I have to answer because uh, this is happening right now. And also, uh, they called me during during the announcements. I stopped. I invited the worship team. To, to sing a song and uh, with a couple of, of, of brothers and sisters we, we went out to meet them uh, to greet them and see what are what are their needs so uh, this is how it started after just few hours close to midnight we had a lot of cars uh, buses from Ukraine from other churches in Romania that brought refugees especially mothers with with their kids uh, it, it was it was February and Monday started to snow in Romania and it started to snow in Ukraine. Uh, and we, we had, we heard that there are long lines, kilo, uh, miles of uh, um, long lines in, in, at the border. And there were mothers with kids in the snow without any car, without any shelter, just waiting to, to pass the, 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 the border. So um, for, for us, for us just, Hearing that, and uh, we we couldn't do anything because the 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 authorities at the border didn't know how to process all of this. So you couldn't go in Ukraine and take them; uh, you just have to wait them at um, at the border. Um, yeah. So this this hit us emotionally, uh, financially, uh, in in every aspect, hit us very very hard. Uh, we we had to to take care of of them suddenly a lot of people uh, very vulnerable uh, very fra fragile fragile and uh, it, it was like this uh, like that for for many weeks day and night day and night i just can't you know i just i can't imagine uh you know that cycle of of people coming through and um you know, one of the, the things that we do here, you know, I know that you have provided a number of photos for us to put up on our social media pages. And uh, I, I, I take the time to blur, blur faces uh, for the safety of, of obviously uh, the, the guests and for the safety of your staff. Of um, and I, I, I made a post, uh, social media post a, a few weeks back, and I said, it's one of the most difficult things to do because when, when you blur a face, you're you're almost blurring some of the humanity um, of of what these folks have gone through. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, 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 you the eyes are the, the, the you know the window to the soul, as they say. Yeah. And so, 
you know, I, I just some of those photos are, are haunting to me of these families, especially the young, young, you know, young children or young parents, young families, where they just literally look shell shocked, you know, mm -hmm. um, having really no, no idea what just happened. It, it, it's hard to it's hard to, 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 to fathom that. Um, Pastor, let me ask you this. So how did you quickly equip your church to uh, become a, a really a refugee center, emergency refugee center? Uh, what what steps did you guys take? Um, I mean, you, 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 you're putting on a pastor hat on Sunday and then you're putting on a humanitarian relief hat the rest of the week yeah. while still trying to juggle all the other responsibilities that come with with being a pastor. So how did you prepare your congregation for that? So uh, let me take you to to the uh, backstage process uh, that happened here. Uh, so I, I, as I told you, it was a surprise uh, for us, everything that happened. But it also was a surprise for us to see how well the Romanian authorities, like in Moldova and in Poland, uh, organized themselves and helped the, the refugees. It was exemplary. Uh, so seeing that the basic needs uh, are covered by the authorities in, in the country at the border, uh, we decided as a local church to go deeper, uh, to help and uh, cover the spiritual needs and the, the psychological needs, uh, the soul needs of, of them, and to help them not with uh, just with the transportation from Romania to another country, uh, but also with counseling. So that's why we, we decided as a local church, so this was our own strategy, uh, we, we decided uh, that we didn't take a large group of refugees. We only took here a realistic number that we could help them in, in that way. Of course, we helped a lot of other refugees that only transit Barilla and uh, went for a few hours in our church. Uh, we're here and help with uh, with all their needs, but uh, we we took a, a, a smaller uh, smaller group, and when they arrived here, uh, we just let them rest for a few hours after taking their data, finding out their destination if they have uh, one destination, and next day uh, beyond free food, free accommodation, free fuel, tickets, or whatever they need to continue their journey. We, we got to know them. So this was the, the training for our staff. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't time for something formal. You know, we, we just said, go, go and talk with them, go and be with them. And we will learn. We will learn what, what we have to do. Uh, so uh, talking with all these people, uh, we, we didn't call them refugees. We, we called them guests. So every time they came here, we, we just tried to, uh, to say, welcome here, you are our, our guests for, I don't know, a few days, a few weeks, maybe. So um, you are in our home. We are not, you are not in a shelter. We, you are in our home. And we're just trying to, uh, to uh, get some peace in, in their mind. You know? So uh, we, we, we observe that uh, all of them uh, are going through some, some common uh, conditions. So uh, it, it was denying it was distortion, uh, it was resignation, and uh, some of them were in despair. You know, uh, Most of them believed that 
in two or three days, they will be back home. Uh, so we had people coming here on Wednesday and we told, we asked them, so how long do you need to stay? Where do you want to go? And most of them said, well, just give us two or three days and we will return because the, the war will, will end till, till Saturday. In, in weekend, so they thought the war was literally going to come to an end in two or three days, and they were yeah. going to be able to just return back to Ukraine. Yeah, and asking the uh, first time I thought that I they have informations that I don't have, or the news, the media are not uh, releasing them. But but their 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 expectations wasn't based on on any anything that was real, you know. So the shock for them was so hard, was so big. It was so intense because they, they, they were they they break their their minds out of reality you know so just uh, they, they, this was the the common condition for for most of them so uh, uh, we we had to to be with them when those two three days passed and the war wasn't ended you know so we had to to help them we, we, we had to counsel them we had to listen to them we had to cry with them to to hug them you know. Uh, for most of them, we we had to to make an, a, a plan for a new life. They they, they couldn't realize that because you know two days ago uh, they were living their life just as you and me are living our lives, you know. And now all of a the sudden uh, their home is destroyed. Uh, all their dreams, all their plans for the kids, college, weddings, all of that is gone now. So you 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 had to, to to get to know them so that you could help them, you know, guide them to a job, uh, to a new house, to another country uh, close to their siblings, help help with documentations, and of course all of that is is time, uh, energy, money, and 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 all of that, a lot of resources, and uh, we 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 did that like we we did it for our our own people. Uh, it, it wasn't Ukrainians, it wasn't Moldovians, it wasn't Romanians. Uh, it was just human beings, you know, trying to to help. And uh, uh, so, some some of them said, uh, "Well, I don't know what will happen, but I, I'm very afraid that Romania will be involved in the war." You know, so that that was that wasn't very comfortable comfortable for us, you know, because. At first, you didn't thought that the war will start in Ukraine. So, what will stop Putin go to Moldova and go to Romania? Even if we, if even the the if the conditions of those countries are different, but yeah, it, during those times when you are very tired, uh, you, you go through a lot of uh, of of states. So, uh, yeah, we, we had to learn how to help them. Just help them in the process of of helping them, you know. And of course, we we did all of this with the goal of covering the most fundamental need, uh, th- their salvation. So sharing the gospel was our goal every time. And Sean, um, that wasn't hard because when you you show them love. Uh, when people who don't know you from another country are feeding you, uh, giving you a bed to sleep, are crying with you, are spending time with your kids so that you can sleep a few hours, 
the the heart is really open for the gospel you know and and god's spirit works in in wonderful ways uh in in these times that 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 is absolutely beautiful and and to hear that and you know it, it's uh i i know i've said this on the podcast before but i said you know um it's hard to minister the gospel to someone when they're on an empty stomach but if you can provide the basic needs and sometimes that's rest sometimes that's caring showing love to their kids that's you know a, a hot meal whatever that is i i believe that the lord can use that to open open the door and and creates a a heart that's ready to receive and and to hear you know his voice uh through the local church um so very very powerful uh one thing that has really surprised me and i wanted to get your perspective uh here on this uh especially being part of ram that you are one of the things that, that i don't know why it surprised me but it did was seeing all of the churches all of the evangelical churches all of the nonprofits come together so quickly and I, I don't know how it is there in Romania, but, you know, sometimes here in the U.S., it's kind of like, well, you know, we do our thing, you do your thing. We help these people, you help those people. And I don't want to say it's competitive or it's, you know, but, but it's not, it, it takes a lot for nonprofits and ministries to come together. But it was amazing because it seems like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the churches, regardless of who they were, where they were at, the nonprofits, regardless of what they typically did, rushed to provide aid. Um, did you see that same thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and it's it's beyond the the evangelical ch uh, circle. Uh, you 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 had the the opportunity, the unique opportunity to to work uh, shoulder by shoulder with Orthodox priests and Catholic priests and. Uh, you know, coming coming together in this because uh, after a few days, uh, you you realize that this crisis is beyond your resources, uh, is beyond of what you you can you can do, and you you in order to help. So, for example, we for every refugee that come came here in in Braila, if they wanted to go to Germany, to Italy, to I don't know where in in Europe. Uh, we we maybe we could have uh, helped them with some money to buy a plane ticket or uh, a bus ticket or something like that but we didn't have uh, connections all over the europe but i knew a church in the next city that knew a church in in germany you know and i i knew uh, an orthodox priest that is organizing um uh, trips in Italy with with buses, you know. So I had to call him. Uh, I knew that someone will will help me in in that particular thing. So in just a week, uh, it it was created. You can say out of nothing, uh, it was created a network all over the Europe uh, with the churches. So we we made sure that every refugees that came to Barilla to that came to our church uh, will go. For example, in Spain, uh, but in order to get there, he will go through some churches and be helped by those churches to, to get there. And we we were in connection with them uh, all the time, especially because after a few days uh, there were there were uh, 
uh, ill-intended people at the border, people that wanted to to take advantage of young women and uh, kids. And uh, so uh, unfortunately, we, we had that. We had that in Ukraine. We had that in Romania, in Moldova and Poland. You know, so we, we were very careful and uh, uh, we, we tried to, to uh, protect not only uh, here in Braila, but to protect our, our guests uh, until they, they uh, arrive at their destination. So all these churches coming together, you know, and helping us. Actually, what happened is uh, it, it, it was the, the manifestation of the, of the Church of Christ in its purest form. Because actually, this is what's what's really all about, you know. And this is a lesson for us when the war will will stop and the crisis will stop, that we need to continue this. Uh, this is this should be the normal, and it shouldn't be a surprise. It's a surprise because we did a bad job before the war, and we had to uh, to to, uh, to to do this and to continue this. And I I was telling my our congregation that if a church of Christ doesn't have a voice during the war, it shouldn't open their, their, its mouth after the war because she, it, it doesn't have any right to do that. And I think that, that most of the churches, local churches, understood that. And this is where this partnership and strong fellowship and brotherhood came up. It wasn't something invented by us. It was something that Jesus put in the in the heart of the church and how it should react and should behave, even in normal times. It's it's a beautiful thing, and when you think about Scripture, when you think about how the original message of of of, of God and Christ spread, it was in some ways the same way. You know, it was going from town to town to town to town. And then if it ever stalled out, we noticed that God, you know, there was always some sort of displacement that would make people move again, uh, you know, so they wouldn't stay idle and become, you know, oh, well, we're comfortable now. So we're just going to all stay right here. No, that's not how the gospel spreads. It spreads by, you know, uh, men and women taking it and, and bringing it to people, bringing the bread of life to people who desperately need it. And uh, that, that was a beautiful thing that you just said uh, in that. This should continue. This should be the norm. This shouldn't be the, you know, oh, crisis mode. This should be how the church operates globally. Um, we help our brothers and sisters in Africa, our brothers and sisters in Asia, you know, wherever they're at, we're the church. The one thing that Christ left for us, the church, that's who we are. And uh, I, I think that's very, very powerful. Well, Speaking of churches, let me, let me, uh, I, I know it's getting late there. And so I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I, I do want to talk to you just real quickly about uh, how people can get involved and how people can help. Uh, obviously, we have, you know, a lot of, of places people can donate to and things like that, which is so important. You know, I've talked about that several times on this podcast that the smallest gift can mean. A major impact, right? It takes all of us coming together, just like you guys are coming together to to help people get from point A to point B, and to, to to share the gospel with them. The smallest impact can can make a difference. And um, there's a lot of big churches that work with a lot of big organizations here in the United States. 
But then there are some smaller churches, you know, uh, who, who don't have the resources necessarily to write a, you know, a large check or, 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 or you know, something like that. But they, they want to get involved. And more importantly, they want to know that whatever little bit they give is going to go make a difference. It's going to, to, to help. Uh, what would you, if you were sitting in front of a room of pastors of, of small to mid-sized churches who are saying, you know, Pastor Joshua, how, how can I get involved? What would you tell them? Yeah, well, first of all, because we are uh, after 80, day, 80 days of, of war and uh, of, of many, many churches and nonprofits that were involved in uh, receiving the refugees. First of all, I want to thank God for uh, so many pastors and churches in the Western part of the world. And I'm talking here, Europe and United States that uh, already sent and helped us so much. Because uh, yeah, we 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 didn't uh, include in our budget for this year uh, at the beginning at the last year in December we didn't include a, a refugee crisis, so it, uh, it it was it was so helpful to see uh, uh, even short amount of money coming from these local and uh, uh, faithful brothers in Christ and sister in Christ. It was unbelievable. So thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, the the first thing that uh, you you can help us with, and you you can be involved in 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 it, it's it's prayer. So uh, uh, this is this is and it's not something that a Romanian who's not very involved in the war is talking about. Uh, when I talk with my colleagues in Ukraine, my friends in Ukraine, this is the first thing that they they tell us: we we need your prayers. Because uh, we we believe in a sovereign God, uh, we know our our God is is sovereign. He is seated enthroned over the flood, flood, you know, and he's still on the same throne uh, during this war. So uh, we we need we need your prayer. Uh, we we need that um, to know that uh, the 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 Church of Christ is involved in this, and we we need prayer because beyond. The financial needs, uh, this is a spiritual war. And I, I believe that God is using this war in the life of many Ukrainians and many guests, many refugees. They are, they, he brings them in our churches to, to, to hear the gospel because they are part of his flock, you know, and needs to, 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 uh, uh, to be part of the church. And the, 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 the sheep will listen when we'll, we'll hear the, the voice of the pastor, and that pastor is Jesus. So uh, I, I believe that what we are seeing right now, it's a fulfillment of Matthew 28, of the big commission. You know? uh, even, for, even if it's for our own shame sometimes, because the, the commission was for us to go at the end of the earth. So if we didn't do a good job, God is sending people uh, in, in our countries to, to evangelize them and sh- uh, uh, share Christ with, with them. So we need your prayer. We need your prayer um, for the spiritual war. We need your prayer uh, that God will give us wisdom. We, we need so much wisdom because uh, we, receive, we receive resources, uh, all kinds of resources, and we don't want to waste them. Uh, we, we don't want to send them in Ukraine uh, in, in places that there is no need. And if you say, 
there are these places in Ukraine when there's no need of them. Yes, there are some places when, where you can just send them and waste them because nobody will will make time and nobody have the resources to take them to the families. You know, So I heard about uh, big deposits in Ukraine uh, in the middle of nowhere and nobody is going there to, to take, uh, uh, to profit of, of these resources. So we need a lot of wisdom. But also we need, uh, we need financial resources, and uh, my advice for uh, for those who want to be involved, to be, be part of that, is to pray for wisdom also, and uh, just um, uh, just be partners with um, organizations and local church in your in your country that you know them, uh, you trust them, and you know that they have a close connection with a Christian nonprofit in Romania, in Poland, in Moldova, or a, a, a Christian local church uh, that you know their pastor, you know their staff, you know their ministry, uh, you know the reports that they are sending or pictures or whatever they, uh, they whatever the feedback is, you know. And um, what I saw and what we did as a local church is uh, we, we try to be honest and when we had too much, we said to our sponsors, thank you for the next three weeks, we are covered. Uh, please don't send us because we don't know if this will end and we'll have money that were intended for this. Or if uh, maybe the crisis will be, uh, will continue for, for months, you know. So uh, you, you, we need to, to be very uh, wise in how we organize uh, the resources on a mid-term or long-term. Now, so uh, um, I, I, I advise. I my advice is to uh, to find these local churches, these local Christian nonprofits that are very honest, that are involved. Because there are some people who are not involved, uh, but they are saying that they are involved, and uh, they they are not using their uh, those money or those resources for. Uh, the the crisis I don't know what they are using for but uh, we we have to be wise in this so uh, yeah contact the 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 local churches in your country that you already know that are part of a partnership with um, with us here in Romania or Moldova and uh, yeah just uh, uh, ask for feedback ask for counsel and uh, I think that God will. Uh, will guide you to send the right amount of resources at the right time for the right people, because we believe God is working like that uh, through His providence. That is so true, Pastor. And and one thing as as we close, I want to just encourage the listeners uh, of the podcast. Uh, you know, Pastor talked a lot about praying. Be praying for these pastors, like Pastor Joshua, these other pastors who are. You know, as as he just said, seeking wisdom on the best way to to help, the best way to uh, you know deploy his people, his congregation to help, but also pray for them for rest. A lot of these pastors are working literally around the clock, and um, you know it, it, it's hard to, to 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 minister when your your own cup when your own cup is empty, right? Uh, you know, you have to ministry comes out of the overflow or the abundance of what comes out of our cup. And it's really easy. I know when you look around and you see a need to to uh, 
just constantly give, 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 and it slowly depletes your cup. And then your ministry becomes a little less, it's harder to get that wisdom. It's harder to see those opportunities. So I would, I would encourage the listeners of the podcast, be praying for these pastors that they're finding supernatural rest and um, that the Lord blesses them with, with people that they can trust so they can take some time off so they can go be with their families. Because one of the worst things that could come out of this is stories of families of, of people who are trying to help uh, going through a challenging time because, you know, they weren't around. And uh, so I would encourage listeners to do that. And as Pastor Joshua just said, you know, find a reputable places and, and, and give. You can reach out to us here uh, at the podcast. We have a list of places uh, that, that we have vetted and that we know will make sure that the funds get to where they're supposed to go. Uh, if that's something you feel that you want to do. Um, Pastor Joshua, it has been such a privilege and honor to, to hear from you today. And thank you so much for uh, sincerely everything that you are doing, uh, everything you've done for serving him, uh, everything that, that you've done for these guests who you didn't necessarily know were coming over. Um, Thank you so much for for loving your congregation so much you know, to a point where they were ready to step up to the plate. Didn't necessarily know how, but they were willing to step up to the plate and say, put me in, coach. I'm ready. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do, but we'll make it happen. So I just want to say thank you uh, for everything you're doing there. And our prayers are definitely going to be with you, your family, the congregation, and of course, the people of of Ukraine and and those who are who are helping. Congrats, congratulations for this podcast. Um, I, I really think this uh, this is a, a part of helping the cause and helping the uh, in 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 this time of, of crisis. And I, I I pray that God will bless you. I, I know it's not easy for you there to um, uh, hear all these stories and uh, trying to uh, to to pray over them and to 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 invite. Uh, people to uh, be part and help all of this, and I know it's a uh, it's an effort, and uh, we we are we are so um, happy and uh, grateful uh, for brothers and sisters all around the world like you, uh, who are uh, not ignorant about what is happening in this part of the country. So thank you again. Of course, thank you so much, and have a great evening. Thank you, you too, brother. Sean here. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider giving it a like, a follow, and a share. And if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, consider giving it five stars. I look forward to sharing the next story with you real soon.